Turn your Bibles with me or watch along on the screen in Numbers chapter 13. And we're going to pick through uh, Numbers chapter 13 today. Uh, and, and I want to I talk to you today from the topic. It's one word. Occupy. Look at the person next to you and say Occupy. Come on, online in the chat, say occupy. Come on, BWI, come on. Everybody say occupy. Numbers 13, 1 and 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their father, you shall send a man. Everyone, a leader among them. Let's skip down to verse 17 through 20. Then Moses, he obeyed God. He sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land that they dwell in is rich or poor. And whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage, and I love this, and bring me back some fruit. Bring me back some proof that the struggle and the trial is worth getting to the promise. Now the time was the season of the first ripe. Great. Father, I pray that you do something amazing today. Father, I pray that you stir us, that you motivate us, that you inspire us, but most of all, that you fill us with a new appetite that resists anything that allows us to stop short of the purpose and the destiny that you have for us. Father, give us the wherewithal to fight. This year, and beyond. And everybody said a good amen. Amen. Occupy. I've come to find out that there's something that's repetitive about this time of the year. The thing that's most repetitive about this time of the year is we all have these goals. We all make these declarations. We all want to be better. We all want to do more. We all want to spend less. We all want to love harder. Come on, somebody. It's crazy because my kind of metabolism, I can look at food and gain weight. But it takes forever to lose it. Isn't it crazy how easy it is to fall into something? but how difficult it is to come out of it. Occupy. Uh, I did a little research and, and found out that there's some statistics in regards to these new goals or these new resolutions. It says 45.59% of New Year's resolutions is, are health goals. 37.32% is self-improvement. 33.69% is money-based. 24.4% is family-based. 15.9% is love-based. Come on, single people. I'm going to find my love this year. 
25.9% decide we're not even going to have any. And what I've come to find out is many of us, we have goals, but we've been in the cycle of disappointment. We've been in the cycle of discouragement. And, 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 and we're not sure if we want to fail again. And I was thinking about this, and I landed on this text here in Numbers chapter 13. You see here in Numbers chapter 13, the entire nation of Israel is on the verge of occupying what was promised. They are on the verge of stepping into the promised land. They are on the verge of the fulfillment of the faithfulness of a long season. They are on the verge of everything that they prayed for, everything that was promised, every word that God spoke, they were about to walk in. Now, if you're not familiar with this story, I, I, I kind of came up with a, a, a just maybe a Cliff Notes version, come on somebody, of, of, of the buildup or the context of this scripture because this is monumental. For 400 years, over 400 years, all of the Israelites, the entire nation of Israelites, they were slaves. They were in Egypt in bondage. Exodus 13, Moses, God sends Moses to become a mouthpiece of freedom. Exodus chapter 5, Moses declares freedom to Pharaoh. Come on, somebody who was the enemy. Exodus chapter 7, God sends plagues to the oppressor, to Pharaoh, to release the nation of Israel. Exodus chapter 13, God leads the people out of Egypt, Exodus chapter 14, the Red Sea was, come on somebody, supernaturally parted and 600,000 people crossed on dry land. Not only did they cross on dry land, but their, come on somebody, savior or their save moment was a setup for God to also destroy their enemies to the point that they would see them no more. But something happens in Exodus 15. The people start complaining about the blessing that God had once given them. Come on, somebody. Something that they were grateful for in one season, they start to complain about in the next season. Can I just encourage you that familiarity is a thief of faith. Please do not get familiar with the blessings of God. If God healed you in one season, can you hold on to gratefulness? Exodus 16, the people complain because they were hungry and God feeds them. Exodus 17, he, they complain at the way he fed them. Exodus 18, God makes covenant with his people. Exodus 20, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. You see, between Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 20, these 20, uh, 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 these, this, this, these verses, these 17 chapters, watch this, they are comprised of God promising and providing, but also the people of Israel quitting and complaining. It's crazy how with all of those percentages of 
New Year's resolutions, they start out well. But 80% are completely forgot about by June. And I read several stats, so I just decided to take the highest because it was more effective. Man, 17 chapters of God guiding his people to the promise. He's led them through the wilderness. Here we have a, an unchanging God, but an ever-complaining people. But God's not through. God says, I'm too good to give up on you. Is anyone excited, maybe at BWI, maybe at Columbia, watch this, that God loves you so much that his love cannot leave you forsaken. Oh my God. I don't care what you did. I don't care your past. I don't care what you did last night. I, his love cannot leave you forsaken. There's, let me say it plainly. Ready? There is nothing you can do for God to give up on you. My God. His love just finds me. It chases me. So here in Numbers chapter 13, we find the nation of Israel on the verge of occupying the land that God has for them. You know that your promise needs to be occupied. That word from God, it needs to be occupied. When God speaks a word to you, it creates space in a future season. And that future season is waiting for you, come on somebody, to walk towards your word. Pastor Stephen gave an incredible word on New Year's about the word for the year for our church is purpose. And some of you aren't walking in purpose. You were like, purpose? You don't know my situation. Purpose? But what happens is, is what God does, it, he puts you over here when you're weary. He puts you over here when you're waiting. And then he gives you a word all the way over here. And it calls you purpose. You can't quit purpose. You got to keep walking purpose. I know you're discouraged purpose. I know you're, I know you're upset that they betrayed you purpose. And what happens is, is God's word will not return unto him void. Let me tell y'all something. God never stops speaking. The problem is, is we get so busy, we stop listening. Can I just tell you that God speaks in the margin of your life? And if you have no margin, you can't hear him. It's not that he's forgotten about you. You forgot about rest. They're on the verge of occupying. Somebody say occupy. occupy. So they're in the wilderness. Watch this now. 600,000 foot soldiers. So I could do the math, but I can't do math. They were just counting men. So it's, it could very well be that there are over a million people there. A million people on the edge of a breakthrough. A million people, come on somebody, one step away, come on somebody, from blessings from God. Can you imagine the momentum of a, if a million people decided to, come on, walk into purpose? Can you imagine if an entire church just said, man, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let my past pull me back. I'm on the verge, come on somebody, of victory. Could so many people quit right before 
They occupy the space that God has ordained for them. So these people, God has delivered them from Egypt, but they're not yet in the promise. They are in between January 1st and December 30th. Y'all know church people. Maybe you've not been in church, but I know church people. They're waiting on pastor to get a word. And that word has not come like December 15th. Come on, somebody. And they're praying this prayer. My pastor has 15 more days, come on, somebody, to fulfill the word that he spoke over my life. No, 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 no. You have to learn how to work your word. (laughs) Put your resume together. Work your word. Come on, man of God. Get a shape up. Work your work. Come on, woman of God. Get your hair and nails done. Work your work. Come on, get on that Peloton. Work your work. Come on, put away that gravy and fried food. Work your word. The word is supernatural, but your work is natural. It's natural. It's natural. I'm waiting for God to show up. No, he's waiting for you to show up at the gym. I'm waiting for God to get me out of this debt. No, he's waiting you for you to get out of insecurity so you don't have to wear your security. You're carrying a Louis Vuitton, but you're also carrying depression and anxiety and emotional. Occupy. We've got, we've got territory. Tell me that's not occupy. We got words that are not... Let me help, because this is... For Christians, for people that go to church. So if you're here, if you're listening, you probably go to church. I'm sure unchurched, unsaved people that don't know about the blood wish they had a word to work. Wish they had land to occupy. So here's the deal. God frees them from Egypt and gives them, watch this now, on the GPS... On the estimated time of arrival, it says 40 days. Now, when I came to church this morning, I texted Patrick and I said, the GPS says I'm 15 minutes from arrival. What if the GPS of your destiny says tomorrow, but your work, your effort says 10 years from now? It's going to get good, I promise. Do you know that a 40-day journey took 40 years? Why? Because God brought them out of Egypt, but Egypt wasn't brought yet out of them. I know you came out of what you've been through. Come on, somebody. I know you're on the other side, but is the other side out of you. I know you don't go to the club anymore, but is the club still in you? I don't curse anymore externally, but inside of my mind, I didn't read you. I, 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 know, I know I'm tithing, but and God's not blessing me yet because tithing also requires stewardship, and you haven't worked your word. 39 years of New Year's resolutions that were unfulfilled. 
Can you imagine 600 people? This going to 600,000 people. This going to be our year. We coming out of the wilderness. Come on, a million people. It's this year. And then 10 years goes by. I thought you said it was this year. 39 years. Come on, somebody. Of unfulfilled promises. 39 years of unfulfilled. What do you mean 39 years? It took them 40 years. So 39 years, they were disappointed. But I love the fact that just one day can change everything. What was different about this year? That's what I'm asking you. Man, this year I'm going to go to counseling. Well, you went to counseling last year. This year I'm going to go to church the first Sunday of the year. You went to church the first Sunday of the year last year. Maybe you're here and you're, you don't know Jesus. You're like, this year I'm going to give my life to Jesus, kind of. I'm going to date him, but we're not going to commit. Uh-huh. I want him to be a friend with a benefit of blessing and a benefit of favor and a benefit of faith. And a be- I, 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 I love church and everything, but I got this issue that I've been carrying. I'm, I'm free. How many of y'all are free? Yeah, when you got saved, you got free, right? But the Israelites showed us that just because you're free don't mean you're finished. I'm free, but there's more work to do. I'm free, but there's some people that I have to lead that is coming behind me. I'm free. So here we have Moses leading people to occupy space that has been vacant, reserved. For them. Me and my wife love to go out to dinner. And, and we want vacation. And, and, and sometimes we have to make a reservation. So we go on the app, open table. And we find our reservation. And we make a reservation. But on the way there, we got distracted. There was traffic. We were in between two places. You see, I, I don't know how long they're going to hold my spot if I don't show up when I said I'll be there. No, I'm talking about your spirit came into agreement with that word. God, I'm going to do it this year. And you set a reservation that requires you to occupy that and I do believe that there are angels sitting around waiting for you. Man, I just wish they would show up. The cloud of witnesses, I just wish they would stay in a small group. The cloud of witnesses, I just wish they would fast and, and pray to show up. Man, uh, do you think they're still coming? I wonder if our word, if our land says, I wonder if they're still serious. So I want to talk to you today about ground, grapes, Giants and grasshoppers. You see, Moses says, I need you guys to go spy out the land. I need you guys to go check out your destiny. You see, what I believe what's different about this year 
In 2022, what the Lord told me, it says, it's not going to happen naturally until you first make it happen supernaturally. Your promise requires prayer. Your word requires worship. Your breakthrough requires Bible reading. What? He says, go spy out the land. Check it out, y'all. The first thing he says is see what the land is like. Oh, my gosh. Go up this way, Numbers 13, 17 through 20, and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are weak. Has the land produced strength? Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Is there good soil? Whether the city they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Watch. Whether the land is rich or poor. The first thing that God wants you to do is to analyze the ground. Is where you have, I mean, is the ground you've been standing on it, is it fruitful? Is it good or bad? Is your family strong? See, some of us are standing on ground that ain't God. Come on! You see, the Bible says that the people who crossed over, that they were in the wilderness for 40 years, but the soles on their feet never wore out. If the soles on your feet are wearing out from the ground you're standing on, you're in the wrong ground. This year, 2022, I'm going to be grounded. In 2022, I'm going to be grounded in God's Word. In 2022, I'm going to be grounded in worship. In 2022, I'm going to get ahead of my problems and worship before they even arise. I am going to be grounded. You see, new territory always requires new inventory. You want new territory? <laughs> Let me say this. You think, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it so you can write it down and type it so you can tweet it. Ready? New goals without new ground equals old outcomes. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go to church. Church is ground. Do you know when God called Moses, he said, take off your shoes, because where you stand is holy ground. I believe that the footsteps of the righteous have to stop going to places where they are walking in unholy ground. Ground. Ground, man, ground, territory. It's all about Genesis. It goes all the way back to Genesis. When God created mankind, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it so that you can have dominion. Dominion is the king's domain. The king's domain is heaven coming to earth. Maybe you've prayed the Lord's Prayer. They can put it up on the screen. You can read it later. But it says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop trying to get to a place that you can have right now. 
You see, the land of milk and honey, it represented the blessings of God. It represented the, it's not a destination, it's a revelation. Come on, somebody, that we are supposed to take territory. What do you mean territory? I'm a renter. I know you shouldn't be. You should be an owner. Because if you're renting, you don't have the authority to make changes. But what I own in the natural, I also own in the supernatural. So when the kingdom of God shows up, the kingdom is expanded. That's why in Isaiah, we just celebrated Christmas, when God, when the prophet Isaiah prophesied Jesus, he said, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government, what? The government of what? The government means territory. The government means rule. The government means there's an authority. Come on, somebody, that is higher than the White House government. That's what I love what Pastor Stephen said last week. It is time for the church to take some ground during the pandemic, to take some ground. Everybody can't stay home. Everybody can't have fear. We got to learn how to take ground. How in the world, with all that fruit in your hand, do you have more fear in your heart? What? With all that God has done and you're still questioning, is this the time? Is this the moment? Should I raise my hands? Should I pray? You know how you take ground? You drop to your knees and you get on your knees. It is hard for a man or a woman to fall from a place that they stay on their knees. We got to take ground. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And the government will be, watch this, upon his shoulders. What? And of his kingdom, there will be no end. You see, naturally, God is not making any more dirt. We are overcrowded with homes. We are overcrowded with business. We are over, but supernaturally, in his kingdom, He's expanding it, and he's looking for some kingdom children. Come on, somebody, to be owners and not renters, to be lenders and not borrowers. Does anybody say enough is enough? Jabez says, oh, God, that you would bless me indeed and expand my territory. Somebody shout, occupy. Ground. Ground. I got to take ground, man. The next thing is grapes. Let me read this. Hey. <laughs> Numbers 13. When they came, they're spying off the land. They're taking inventory. When they came to the valley of Esco, they cut down a branch. With a single, somebody say a single. single. It wasn't a double. It wasn't a six-pack. All they had was what was in their hand. It took two of them to carry. It was so big. They also brought back samples. So the ground has produced a single, a sample. Everybody start eating a little piece. Come on. BWI, Baltimore, sample. 
Sample. Sample. Come on, taste it. It's good. I promise you. I, 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 uh, I sanitized in the back. Come on, a sample. Come on, man of God, a sample. A sample. They've got a single sample. That ground has produced this glory. You ever been to Costco? You ever been to Sam's Club? Whenever there's a new product, whenever there's a new temptation, it produces samples. Now I love to eat, don't know if you can tell. But have you ever gone in Costco and got so full off of samples that you forgot what you even came for? Here is 600,000 people eating samples. That relationship you in, sample. Mm -hmm. That guy in your DM, sample. But then there's samples like blessings and ownership and, and land and the right one and a healthy marriage. Now, now here's the deal. God had already done the supernatural. He blew their mind. He parted a Red Sea. He sent plagues. He delivered them. Watch this now. Manna came from heaven. They were led, come on somebody, by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Come on somebody. The presence of God showed up and God said all that was just a sin. So are you going to settle for a sample of the fruit that's in your hand? Because in your hand, it's a single. One house. One blessing. You're married, but now you got to work on it. But all you got is a single. Would you rather carry back a sample or get to the soil where it came from. It's a single in your hand, but it's multiplication in the right location. If you get a revelation that I can't stay in my former destination, does anybody at BWL Columbia said this year, I am taking ground. A goal without new ground is an old result. Some of you think, well, I'm already blessed, Pastor. That was just a sample. The best thing that God did for you last year will be the least thing that God is about to do for you in 2022. I dare you to look at your neighbor and say, don't you settle for a sample. Don't you settle for average. Don't you settle for just surviving. Don't you settle for just getting out of debt. God says, I'm going to pour out so much blessing in 2022 that you don't even have room to receive. Ground, grapes, giants. 
Giants. I need a giant. Uh, do we have giants on the screen? Do we? Oh. There Y'all know the story of David and Goliath? Like when I was reading this, I was like, I'm going to study every giant. The Canaanites. Watch this now. It says, so they, they told them, we went to the land where you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey. It's good ground. There's fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell there were strong, and the cities are terrified or fortified with very large, moreover, descendants of Anak there, Amalekites and Hittites and Jebusites and all the ites. Oh, my. <laughs> it's crazy to me that we can have fruit in our hand but still fear in our heart. The fruit in your hand is evidence that he's with you. Everybody that's connected to Union Church, you got fruit. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here. So why are you letting the fear in front of you be greater than the fruit that's in you. Most famous story is David and Goliath. David, little shepherd boy, the eighth, the eighth man out. David could have felt like God's second choice. Well, God, you, you chose Saul. Just why, why me? David is in the wilderness with just a stick. Come on, somebody. In a prayer and worship. He's insecure, so he worships. He's fearful, so he uses what he has and develops that into a weapon. <laughs> he didn't have resources. He out there tending sheep. I got to make something to protect these sheep. I got to make something to make sure these kids are covered. Come on, y'all. I got to make something to make sure my job is secure during the pandemic. I got to make I got to make something. God says, guess what? I've already given you the weapon. You don't need a new weapon. You need an opportunity to be in front of a giant. The giant is not indication for you to run. The giant, come on somebody, is indication for you to take ground. Run to the spot, come on somebody. There is a spot, there is a destination, there is a location. So David and Goliath. Now, I'm going to fast forward. Right. So here's Goliath. He's standing up before over 600,000. He's talking trash. Come on somebody. Has your problem ever talked trash to you? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Have you ever lost sleep at night? Have you ever been insecure? Have you ever had ruminating thoughts? Have you ever had catastrophe thoughts and your problem talking trash to you? You're never going to make it. I told you he was just like his mama. You shouldn't have married him anyway. I don't even know. He's not going to like you. He's going to betray you. He's going to cheat on you just like the last joker cheated on you. Just talking trash. Things just talking trash. Your past talking trash. Come on, somebody taunting you, trying to take the territory that's inside of you that you created 
associated with worship. You see, worry is trying to take the territory of worship away from God's children. Talking trash. Taunting. Talking trash. What you going to do about it? So, so, uh, so watch this, and I'm, and I'm almost done. Y'all can start to play. I think we're going to sing King of Glory, because I, I don't feel the, the up thing. I feel like there's, we're going to worship. First yeah. yeah. Samuel 7, 43, it says, Then the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come out with that weapon? I've never seen this before. Here's Goliath. He is protected. He has a shield. He has a sword. Y'all go with me. He has, he has uh, protectors on his. I studied this, but I, I'm not that smart, so I can't remember. He has, he has like, 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 almost like if you're a catcher in a baseball game, he's got full equipment on. Come on, somebody. Because he's expecting Hebrew culture says if there was a war, they would bring, come on, somebody, the greatest fighter of each opposite army, and they would have a hand-to-hand combat. Goliath was prepared for hand-to-hand battle. What, why he lost is David confused him with a different weapon. You have been coming at that New Year's resolution. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to study more. I'm going to read. I'm going to do this more. I'm going to put in more applications. you got to learn if you want to kill a giant, change your weapon. Uh, watch this. He... He was in the wilderness. He had nothing else to do, but I love how David had one hand, he had a weapon. The other hand, he had worship. God, what do I do with this weapon and worship? How do I face that giant? David changed where the fight was. Watch me. We used to my friend, over 40 years, executive pastor here, Pastor Kevin Dotson, we've been friends 40 years. Kevin, do you remember Little Hammond Park? Whenever there was a fight, meet me at Little Hammond Park. You be in, the, in the, come on, son, you, 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 you be in school talking trash today. Nobody fought in school. The real fights happen at Little Hammond Park. Little Hammond Park is where it went down. Little Hammond Park is where there was hand-to-hand combat. So Goliath is expecting hand-to-hand combat. You know why David had to refuse Saul's armor? Because he wouldn't need it. Because he'd never planned on being close to his enemy. What? He he was like, when the lion and the tiger and the bear, Omar came, I didn't have to get close to it because he found out that God will fight his battles for him, that his greatest weapon, come on somebody, is creating territory. Come on somebody. He didn't change his location. The location of the fight didn't change, but the revelation in the fight changed. That's why you got to be a part of Pray 21. What you are doing is you are equipping yourself to not have to get close 
to your giants. I'm telling you right now, if you have a giant standing before you, working it out is not going to change it. Going to more school is not going to change it unless you change it in the spirit of God through prayer and fasting. It will not change until your desperation changes you. Ground, grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. There are 200 grasshoppers. Why are you scared of a grasshopper? Grasshoppers are scared of you. There's no authority in a grasshopper. Can you imagine 600,000 people seeing themselves as grasshoppers? They came back and they said, we got fruit. It's big. The land is good. There's giants there. But the giants weren't the issue. It was not how they saw the giants. It was how the giants saw them. And the giants only saw them according to how they saw themselves. Let me read it for you real quick. It says this. We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land was good it was great but its inhabitants they're devouring people they're great in stature look at the last scripture what are we going to do we are like grasshoppers to them and as soon as they said we are like grasshoppers to them them saw them as grasshoppers we're never going to do it they're never going to do it we're always going to be broke we're always broke. God, you've done enough. He doesn't move again. What's going on? How you see yourself determines how giants see you. How you see yourself determines how blessings see you. Blessings are meant to multiply. And if you only got a one-time blessing, you probably are sampling the fruit instead of planting it. You know what I believe? I believe on this Sunday, the whole church should go online and sow into that hundred acres that we don't have yet. We have it. it belongs to us. We ain't built on it yet. Because we have some people that see Union Church like grasshoppers. Grasshoppers produce grasshoppers. You know what I did? I did a little study on grasshoppers. Do you know the crazy thing about a grasshopper? I don't know why it exists. I couldn't find something that was good. I, I, like, like, they don't have a place to live. They have no place where they call home. 
and some of you have been hopping from church to church, from relationship to relationship, from word to word, from prophecy to prophecy, from worship team to worship team, but you follow you everywhere you go. You will only produce you. Just hiding in grass. They don't dig deep. They're nomadic. They have no place to call home. I want to encourage you this year, Union Church, to call this place home. I want to encourage you, if, you, if this is your home, today, I triple dog dare you to go on online church and sow. What that means is I am going to take inventory of where I'm going. I'm going to say the land is good. I am bigger than my giant. I want to tell you a little story, then I'm out your way. I told him I was going 45 and I'm 46. Watch this. I was a football coach growing up. My son Jaden is here, my whole, all of my kids. Y'all get it for my kids, all three of them, 21. They in church, y'all. And Jaden, he played a 90 pound, 90 pound football team. I was the coach. And we used to have these picks. And we would line all, this, they don't do it like this anymore because this is not the best way to do it. They line all the kids up, and they would pick, each coach would pick their pick. Of course I chose my son first. He was fast, he was good, and I didn't have many wins in life. So I vicariously lived through him. Come on, somebody. You know, my next pick was confused everybody. A little kid named Danny. I didn't take the fastest, I took the smallest. You know what I knew? Nobody would pick him. So Danny was 60 pounds soaking wet. Danny had ADHD. Danny had anxiety disorder. He was hard to coach. He cussed everybody out. He'd be on the field hitting his parents. Come on, you couldn't put Danny in a timeout. Danny would better build a bomb if he was in a timeout. I line him up, Danny, and I talk, Danny, you think you can beat him? Yes, coach, I can do it. I put him in practice against the biggest kids. They knock him over every single time, but Danny never stopped getting back up. Watch this, by the end of the season, Danny led our team in tackles. Although he was the smallest player in the league, he had a big old fat helmet couldn't even fit him. His, 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 his pads went down to his feet because there wasn't a uniform small enough for him. Guess what position I put Danny at? Nose guard. Danny was in front of the biggest kid. Danny led our team in sacks. We found out something in practice about Danny. Y'all ready? He never saw himself as small. And so our teammates, his teammates figured it out, and they would talk at Danny so that the other team would talk trash to Danny, and the other team would taunt him, and the other team would say, you are going to try to come up against me? You're small. You're tiny. You're puny. And every time they talked trash and told him what he never thought or saw himself was, he got bigger and better. 
Union Church, how do you see yourself? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has more in store for you. Your best is yet to come. You ain't seen nothing yet. Come on, somebody. Your best day last year is going to be your worst day this year because God does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine even in your wildest dreams. I went hunting once. And I got dogs at home. I got two English bulldogs at home. They're like, what is he talking about? I love dogs. I went hunting and didn't realize there were some dogs that don't see themselves as pets. I'm trying to pet the dogs. The people say, don't touch them dogs. They're not purposed for you to pet. What? They're dogs. I'm a dog lover. What are you talking about? I want to pet these beautiful golden retrievers. It's a retriever. It's soft. It's fluffy. He says, no, they have a different purpose. These dogs were caged up. I said, let the dogs out the cage, Yoli. They said, no, because they're not created to be in the house. They're not created to be tied up. They're not created. And these dogs started barking. I never seen a golden retriever so vivid. The whole way, 15 miles to the bush, we got out to the open territory to hunt. And the owner came up and he opened that cage. And them dogs started being in territory that they were created to be in. They started to rustle up. They started to make things happen. Birds came up. I shot birds. Why? I started to eat. Why? Because there was something in the territory that was created to do what it was created to do. Why it's not working now is because you're not a house pet. Why it's not working now is that you're not supposed to be second. You're not supposed to just be cute. Is there a dog in you? The Bible says that out of the 12, two came back with a good report. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua's name means Jehovah is salvation, but Caleb's name means dog. Is there a dog on the inside of you that says...